Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Will Ford Show, episode 148. And uh, we're going to talk today, a lot of NFL stuff, uh, the Cleveland Browns, their disappointing season. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. What's up going forward You know, with the Cleveland Browns, considering the year that they've had? The Chicago Bears lost on Monday Night Football last night to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and the Bears, to me, just need a complete reboot. And uh, I mentioned that a little bit in the last episode, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth today. Uh, and then Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing arguably their best weapon in Chris Godwin, one of their wide receivers, uh, to a season-ending injury. And so we'll take a look at the NFL playoff picture in the NFC and uh, and see what's up going forward and kind of what needs to happen for the Bucks to make a deep playoff run without one of their best players. But a fun fact to start the show today in sports history, on this day in 1891, so December 21st, 1891, was the first game of basketball ever played based on the rules created by uh, the one, the only James Naismith. And it was played by 18 students in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, so pretty interesting. I saw that and I was like, wow. What a way to start a show. So we're starting it that way. 1891 on this day, December 21st, the first game of basketball ever. But this is going to be mostly an NFL show today. Um, let's start off with these Cleveland Browns. Uh, it, it has been a pretty disappointing season uh, for, the, for the Browns. I, there was a lot of expectations, especially after last year, You know, making the playoffs. You almost beat the Chiefs in the AFC Divisional Round. Um, and really, you're you're a quarter away, really, from moving on to the AFC Championship. But right now, the Browns way outside the playoff picture, sitting at seven and seven. Uh, and they're right now, they're actually last in the AFC North, uh, which is crazy to think about. You would never, never would have guessed that at the beginning of the year um, that they would be dead last. I really thought it was going to be Cincinnati, and uh, the Bengals are number one. Uh, in the AFC North, and right now they would be the number four seed in the AFC playoffs. So um, pretty incredible. It's kind of kind of a role reversal there because I, I really thought the Browns were going to win the division this year, and then the Ravens. I think well, I think in my predictions I had the Ravens at first being a wild card team, uh, and then they lost their running backs and someone on defense, and so I said no, they're not going to make the playoffs, not even as a wild card. And uh, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers hopping in there. So kind of a, a different story than, than really what I thought was going to happen. But you know, for the Browns, 7-7, seven and seven, they've had quite a few injuries uh, on the season. You know, Baker Mayfield has been really banged up. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Baker in a second. But the offensive line has also kind of been shape-shifting a little bit uh, with, with the COVID protocols. Some have been out um, and then some have been injured too. Uh, but still widely considered even with some of their backups to be the best offensive line or one of the best offensive lines in football. Nick Chubb, I think, has a little bit of some durability issues um, because he's missed a handful of games this year, and I think he was also on the COVID list maybe at one point. Could be wrong on that. Don't quote me, but I'm supposed to do my research. But uh, anyhow, it's just not been the season that a lot of Cleveland Browns fans have wanted to see given how last year went. Uh, and so now... What do you what do you do going forward? Because you know Baker Mayfield, 
had an opportunity. He is, he's got one more year on his contract if you pick up the fifth-year option. So um, if they don't pick it up, he becomes a free agent after this season. But I imagine the Browns will probably pick it up because they don't have another quarterback that they can really roll with unless you want to go with Case Keenum. But the Browns before the season could have signed Baker Mayfield to an extension, but they didn't do it. They were hesitant because they had some questions that they wanted answered. And I don't know if this season they got those questions answered or if they were answered, they probably weren't the answers that they wanted to see in terms of positivity, uh, in terms of moving forward and signing a deal. I don't think it's going to happen now. And I'll, I'll say this. I said it before uh, on previous episodes. Uh, if, if you're going to pay Baker Mayfield, you better not pay him that much, especially now with, with these injuries because if you pay him a significant amount of money north of $30 million, you're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices on that offensive line. You'll have to lose a piece or two. You have the best running back duo in the league with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. You're going to have to chop Kareem Hunt or try and trade him or something. Um, and that's that's not ideal because the Browns should be a run-first team given Baker's skill set. And then you might have to lose a couple pieces on defense. Now, granted, they, they've drafted really well on defense. You know, Greg Newsome, Jeremiah Owusu, Koromoa. But then what do you do up front? You know, because, I mean, you got Miles Garrett, who is probably a top three defensive player in football. And we know he's a superstar. You're not worried about him. But, like, but what do you do with the rest of your team? And there's even discussion that Kevin Stefanski could get fired after this year. And I, I don't... I don't like that discussion. I don't think it should happen. I mean, you just went to the playoffs last year and you had a mostly healthy season aside from Odell Beckham Jr. tearing his ACL. Uh, and this year, yes, the expecta- expectations were high, rightly so. But I, I don't think it's... It, it was a lot of health that kind of factored into why the season wasn't as good for the Browns. But f- for Baker Mayfield... Baker's not helping his case by playing through these injuries that he's playing through right now. I mean, he's got the the shoulder injury, um, like the torn labrum, but then like a broken bone in the shoulder. He's banged up his knee a little bit. Playing through these injuries, yes, it shows your toughness, but he's not playing well while playing through these injuries. And so it's not helping his case in terms of getting a new contract. The Browns, unfortunately, I think are stuck with him at least through next year, I think you have to pick up the option for next year because hey, it's not going to be for that much money. It's not like a new contract. So you're not going to be paying them that, that much. And you give him another shot to maybe answer some of the questions that you've been asking for the last couple of years. And if he answers them, great, you pay him. If he doesn't answer them, I wouldn't sacrifice the team that you have around him to pay him 30 to $35 million. He can't do it. And God forbid the Browns go back to the draft to get a quarterback because we know that would be a disaster. They have not been the best drafting team when it comes to quarterbacks. They've probably been the worst. And you you don't want to go through that again. The The other thing that it's really not looking good for the Browns too is they, they had, what, two, three years to figure out how to incorporate Odell Beckham Jr., a superstar wide receiver, into their offense and little bits of success here and there, but nothing consistent. They could not quite figure out the chemistry between him and Baker. 
They couldn't quite integrate him in the offense to to make him effective and utilize the things that he that he brings to the field. Kind of that vertical threat. You get him out in space, he can do a lot of great things. Uh, and so he goes to the LA Rams, and the Rams figure out how to use him in less than a week. <laughs> so that doesn't look good on the Cleveland Browns part, and that also reflects negatively on Kevin Stefanski, which strengthens the argument of other people who say he should be fired. And I and I get it from that perspective. All in all, it's been a disappointing season for the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, the questions that you have about Baker Mayfield, they haven't been answered this year, uh, and he doesn't have a clean bill of health. They're not going to make the playoffs this year, and and the expectations were high, and the playoffs are expanded, and you still couldn't get in. And so, I, I think for the Browns, you you probably just run back, run it back next year. You give Baker one more shot on the uh, on the fifth year option, and then if if you have to to draft another quarterback, I think you do it next year. I don't think this year's draft class for quarterbacks is particularly strong or special, anyways. So I would I would sit on Baker because you at least you know what you're getting with Baker. You don't know what you're going to get with some of these rookie quarterbacks, especially if the first quarterback off the board is not even projected to really go outside you know, the top 10, may not be taken inside the top 10. So Browns have to sit on Baker, but it clearly has been a disappointing season. I just I, and the, the hilarious part is that they, you know, they had two years of Odell Beckham Jr. and it took the Rams like two hours to figure out how to uh, do how to use Odell because Odell's been productive since he's been in in LA with the Rams three touchdowns I think and uh, getting open Matt Stafford's finding him and what's also playing into Odell Beckham's effectiveness as a receiver for the Rams is that Robert Woods is out there I would say they're their number two receiver their best blocking receiver he's got a torn ACL so that's that's factoring in a little bit but the Rams have figured out how to use him because Odell was the number two receiver in, in Cleveland behind Jarvis Landry Browns couldn't use him. They had no idea how to use Odell. Rams figured it out. Reflects very poorly on Kevin Stefanski and on Baker Mayfield, for that matter. And that kind of sums up this season for the Browns. For the Chicago Bears, though, right now, coming off a loss to the Minnesota Vikings, 17-9. That was on Monday Night Football. Vikings with the win. They would right now if the season ended be the number 7 seed in the NFC playoffs that third and final wild card spot uh, sitting at 7 and 7 and uh the bears i mean they're out of it they're not going to make the playoffs this year but and i hate to say this because i really do have a soft spot for the chicago bears i don't know why i just always have i've always just kind of been a i'm a fan of the Dallas Cowboys but i've always looked at the bears and just kind of admired them i guess from afar because of their history, because of their tradition, but I think that's where the Bears have gotten in trouble over the last 15 years is the focus on their history. And one of the greatest defenses, if not the greatest defense to ever play, you know, in a single season, the 85 Bears, the Bears, I think, reflect too much on their history um, and don't focus enough on their present and future. Uh, they're they're trying to use the past to mold what they should do for their team because that's what was successful, you know, 30 years ago, and that's not what's successful now. Um, and Colin Cowherd talked about this a little bit uh, on his show, The Herd, 
Like if you plugged in the 85 Bears into today's NFL, they probably wouldn't be the best defense because the rules have changed significantly. You can't crush players as hard as you want. You you can't play the same way you did in the, in 1985. Uh, so the the Bears defense probably would not be as as good as it as it was. And you know I I talked about in the last episode. You know the Bears need to fire Matt Nagy, which I believe they do because of how indecisive he's been with. Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. Some been so indecisive and not confident in any choice that he's made with the quarterback position that he deserves to be fired. But I, I will say this about Matt Nagy. He is one of the most creative coaches that the Bears have had in terms of an offensive perspective because they've mostly just been hiring defensive coaches and that hasn't really boded too well for them. They've had good defenses over the years. I mean, and they've had great individual defensive talents, but that defense hasn't been able to carry them by any means. You know, the last time the Bears made a Super Bowl was 2007. Uh, and since 2007, the Bears have had four winning seasons. And you think, well, that's terrible. Well, the Detroit Lions had the same four winning seasons since 2007. And we look at the Detroit Lions as terrible. And because of the history that the Bears have historically, we look at them in a much more positive way. Really, we shouldn't be because they are the Detroit Lions. And I would argue today that the Detroit Lions are a better football team than the Chicago Bears. And they just beat the Arizona Cardinals. And they've played every team pretty close almost all year. Detroit Lions play hard. They're starting to figure out their culture. The Bears, their culture is like looking in a scrapbook of memories. That's what that is. And I'm not saying they shouldn't celebrate the past. They absolutely should. That was a great team. They won a Super Bowl for a reason. They're etched in history, but it can't drive their future. Right now, all of their money is being spent uh, on the defensive front, defensive line, and, and the linebacking core. They don't have a dominant corner. They had a really, really good one in Kyle Fuller, but they couldn't pay him because they wanted to pay members of the front seven. So they let him go. Jalen Johnson, I think, could be a, a good corner in the future, but he's not quite there yet. And offensively, you know, Justin Fields, you're not paying him anything right now. And I think the Bears need to capitalize on that because once Justin Fields gets to the end of his contract, assuming he plays well and he appears to be a franchise quarterback, which I, I think he is, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. So, But but first, before you do that, you need to get yourself a left tackle to protect Justin Fields. You have Allen Robinson, who's not even really being utilized properly, and I think he's probably going to leave after this season. So uh, you have Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller. You, you need to draft wide receivers. That's what you need to do. Like Pitts, The Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, are the best wide receiver drafting team in the NFL and they'll draft wide receivers even when they don't need wide receivers because it's just the way the league is gone you draft a wide receiver and it can change your team in the course of a couple years if you're drafting wide receivers you got a good receiving core it's a passing league you do that you're going to have success more often than not so sign a left tackle go to the draft for wide receivers David Montgomery looks like a, a pretty good back, an underrated back when he's healthy. And Cole Komet, I like at tight end. Like they've got some pieces on offense. They just need to 
commit more money to the offensive line, draft wide receivers, and think focus more on the offensive side of the ball. And that's what Matt Nagy has been doing for the last couple of years. And, you know, what I was saying about Nagy is, I mean, he took Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs twice. And we all look at Mitch Trubisky as this game manager who can't play, not accurate. He's probably the best backup quarterback in, in the league. He's been to the playoffs twice. So, I mean, yes, Matt Nagy should be fired because of his indecisiveness and lack of confidence in the quarterback position. But at least he took Mitch Trubisky, a very limited thrower, to the playoffs twice. I mean, at least you can say that about Matt Nagy. So, sure, you can you can fire your coach. But when you look at the Chicago Bears over the last 15 years, you're looking at the Detroit Lions. That's what they are. Bears fans may not want to admit it. NFL fans may not want to admit it. We look at the Bears very positively because of their history, 85 Bears. You got to throw that out the door, throw that out the window because it's just not the way the league's trending anymore. That's not how you play football anymore. And the Bears need some kind of culture shock. They need a new coach that will instill confidence in Justin Fields. They need to commit resources to the offensive line and wide receiving core. Try to throw some money at Allen Robinson. I doubt he stays, but try to throw some money at Allen Robinson and figure it out. Now, finally, uh, the, the Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay Buccaneers, without their best weapon, uh, I would say, in Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin's going to be out for the year with a torn ACL. It took a, a huge hit below the knees or like at the knees uh, against the Saints and then like kind of landed awkwardly on his head. Really, really gruesome looking play. Um, when when you watch it live, obviously it looks like a hard hit, but it doesn't look as bad as all that. Uh, but watching in slow-mo, you look at Chris Godwin's knee. I mean, my goodness, that's a, that's a terrible injury. And now... Tom is without one of his best receivers and Antonio Brown has been out of the lineup for the last like five or six weeks. He's weeks. He's been injured, but then the, the COVID vaccination card that was fake, all that jazz. There's no Antonio Brown. So you have Mike Evans and Brashad Perryman. I'm not sure how Tom Brady feels about that. And so that's why I'm not liking Tampa's chances to repeat this year or even really make a deep playoff run. Uh, let's take a look at the the NFC playoff picture. Um, number one seed right now, Green Bay Packers at 11-3. and three. And then the other division winners, the Dallas Cowboys are at number two at 10-4. and four. The Bucks are number three at 10-4. and four. And the Arizona Cardinals are number four at 10-4. and four. So three, uh, kind of a three-way tie for a second. But when you go through the matchups, the Cowboys are number two for some reason. I'm not sure why because... If the Bucs and the Cowboys have the same record, the Bucs beat the Cowboys week one. The Buccaneers should be number two. Uh, this is on the NFL.com website, so I'm getting it straight from the source. I don't know if it's fully updated or whatnot, or maybe I'm just totally mixed up on how tie-breaking rules work, but I thought head-to-head, to head to head, you have a tie in terms of record. Head-to-head head would take it, and the Bucs should be the number two seed in the NFC. Cowboys would then be three, Cardinals four. There's a big Cowboys-Cardinals game coming up in not next week, but a couple weeks. And uh, that game is going to be huge in the chase for the number one seed. But I think right now today, if you're asking me, I'm not sure if the Bucks, without Chris Godwin 
beat either of three of these three teams, Green Bay, Dallas, or Arizona. I'm not sure if if the Bucks beat either one with Chris Godwin. I think they they beat maybe all three, or maybe they, I would say they beat the Cowboys and the Cardinals. Maybe not the Green Bay Packers, but it's a huge loss not having Chris Godwin in the lineup at wide receiver. Um, and with this current playoff picture, like I said, Packers one, Cowboys two, Bucks three, Cardinals four. Wild card spots: we have the Rams at five, 49ers at six, and the Vikings at seven. The Packers would have a bye. The Cowboys would play the Vikings. And the Bucks would play the 49ers. And right now, I wouldn't want to play the 49ers if I'm any team. Because their defense is, is healthy. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing really well. George Kittle's healthy. Debo Samuel looks fantastic. And uh, I posted a video on TikTok in the offseason that the 49ers, their receiving core, was going to be one of the best in the league. Top 10 in the league. I think I had them at maybe in the 8 to 10 range. I got a lot of flack for having the 49ers in there, and they have been fantastic. Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, really good. You're welcome. But I don't think I don't think the Bucks beat the 49ers today if they were to meet in the playoffs. And I it's really going to be interesting, you know, over the last couple of weeks, how the Bucks play without Chris Godwin. It seems that the New Orleans Saints are Tom's kryptonite because uh, I mean, they lost nine to nothing. It was the first time that Tom Brady has been shut out in over 15 years. And normally I wouldn't be too concerned by that because they lost twice in the regular season last year to the New Orleans Saints and they went on to win the Super Bowl. So I'm not worried about that at all. But now you're without your best wide receiver. You remove him from the board. It makes the passing game a lot easier to defend because we know Rob Gronkowski is not prime Rob Gronkowski. Leonard Fournette has actually had a fantastic year. Could be a pro bowler. And then like, what else do you really have after that? You have Mike Evans, Gronk and, and Leonard Fournette. I mean, if, if it was 2015, I would be stoked, but it's not. So right now I don't like the Bucks chances to, to repeat or to even make a deep playoff run because like right, right now, like I said, if, uh, if the season ended today, the Bucks would play the 49ers, and I don't. I, I really wouldn't want to play the 49ers if I'm any team. And after kind of struggling to start the year, the 49ers have been playing some great football. But it certainly is a big loss, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not having Chris Godwin out for the year with a torn ACL. We've had a lot of torn ACLs this year, too. A lot of injuries. Never like to see that. But that's it for episode 148 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at The Will Ford Show, on Instagram at Will Ford Show, uh, on TikTok at The Will Ford Show. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Like and comment on SoundCloud. You can follow me there as well. You can subscribe on Spotify. Really, wherever you get your podcasts, check out The Will Ford Show. I'll see you in episode 149. This is WFS, The Will Ford Show. (laughs) 